McLeod. Oh, McLeod. You disappoint me. I thought we had a bargain. That wasn't a bargain, Kristov. That was a threat. Maybe you don't know the difference. I know you helped Tasha make a deal with the police. So I have another deal to propose. Stop Tasha from testifying. And how would you like me to do that? Kill her. It shouldn't be too hard. And if I don't? Because if you don't, I'll take your young friend's head. spent the last seven hours sitting on a plane next to my ex-wife. How'd you like to handle that? hey well, Welcome to Highlander Rewatch, the podcast where each and every week we talk about another facet of the Highlander universe. And rag on our bitch ex-wives, am I right? <laughs> That's right. That's right, fellas. Can't yeah. live with them. <laughs> <laughs> so we divorced them and put them on planes. I'm just kidding. None of us are divorced or married. Or ride planes. <laughs> or ride planes. I'm one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. And we are talking about Season 3, Episode 18, Testimony of Highlander the Series today. It's going to be a bumpy ride for sure. Believe it or not, none of us are drunk. Nope. No. That, that, is... that was totally stone cold sober. This has been a weird day of recording. Yeah, there's been no alcohol. There's been some energy drinks. Coffee? 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 Full disclosure, we both had a lot to drink yesterday. We both? We all three. Yeah. yeah there's that. We were celebrating rewatcher style. Are rewatch. we still drunk? Is that what's going on here? Probably. Mm. So before we hop into this episode, should we tackle a little bit of reader mail? Probably. So this week we have some reader mail regarding the episode Mythos, which we talked about a few weeks ago on this Uthos. show. Mythos? Uthos. Laura B. writes us, Hi guys, there's one theory I would like to put up to discussion. It seems to me that Mythos has a hidden agenda. He tells Mac that he has a few entries about him in his diary. What could that be? Was he spying on him through the Watchers? So here is my theory. Mythos Dear is diary, convinced. Mac won't even notice me. It's like I'm not even here. <laughs> Sorry, God. Poor Mythos. Mythos is convinced that Mac will win the game. To offer him his head is a move to gain his trust because he knows Mac won't take it. And being on Team McLeod is a chance to improve his own chances of survival, which is the most important thing for him. Some things that also bug me. Why does Mythos leave his front door open all the time? <laughs> Good question. Joe calls when Mythos and Mac are already gone. So how did he know Mac was coming? And less important, why would Callus <laughs> tell his bartender that he's going to Shakespeare and Company? Why does Donald? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He keeps his he keeps his white supremacist bartender apprised of yeah. all of his comings and goings, especially his comings. That's right. Why does Donald Salzer send Callus to Adam Pearson? He puts his friend in danger, and Adam doesn't know either where Mythos is or if he still exists, as far as Salzer knows. Hmm. I think because he's being brutally tortured and his tongue's yeah, his been tongue's cut out. Yeah, tongue's getting cut out. I yeah, mean, I think that's why he does yeah, it. That's probably why. Thank he's you. He's going to just lie, though. Yeah. Say anything. 
say anything. Is that a movie? John Cusack. Thank you guys for putting so much effort into making the podcast. Like you, I started to watch the series in my early teenage years due to my older sister, who I guess had a crush on Adrian Paul, smiley face. Your games <laughs> remind me of a time in which a friend and I were able to describe taboo words to each other using only Highlander-related explanations. So much for the nerdiness. Greetings from Germany, and all the best, Laura. Thanks, Laura. So when she says taboo words, does she mean just like unspeakable words? <laughs> or does she mean like they're playing the game taboo and they would use Highlander references to get it? I think they're playing the game taboo because it is spelled T-A-B-U. Is that how you spell the game? No. no it's not. <laughs> it's not. Then I don't know. That's not how you spell taboo at all. No. Well, sometimes games have funny right, spellings. But I don't think it is. No. Oh, taboo is okay. just spelled like the word taboo. Hmm. Maybe that's the German version. Ooh. This is the German version spelled with you. So what do we think of this theory that Mythos is manipulating Mac because he thinks he'll win the game? I agree that in light of what we see Mythos do for the rest of the series, that that is the conclusion. That it's like a gambit that Mac won't do it. Yeah, I think even Mythos says something. At some, I don't know if it's in the episode Mythos or just later down the road. Like He's like, Mac, you are the best of us. You deserve to win. Simply the best man and all the rest. Very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. This is, this is all compliments all the time, this episode. So, Jill S. from Japan. Jills. 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 Writes us on the episode Mythos. Hello, gentlemen. I've been trying to throw myself back to the first time I watched Mythos. This is very hard to do. It's hard to watch without knowing what I learned from the rest of the series. Peter's choices for how to portray him were perfect. When I first saw him, he seemed like a gentle, mysterious man. He gives us a small, playful, non-threatening body language. He greets Duncan with inviting warmth. This sounds like it's going to get saucy soon. It is. This is like a fanfic. There's nothing threatening about him. This disarmed Duncan and enchanted me. All right, chill. All right. Deep pants, Duncan. (laughs) Uh, When he first meets Callus, he goes on his guard. Body language cautious. He fights Callus, and that's frightening for me because he's losing. But he gets away. Thank heavens. And then he disappears out of the fog, exhausted and weary, and attacks Duncan. Yes, we've seen this episode. Uh, (laughs) uh, Which one? I think it's Mythos. Euthos. Euthos. The despairing passion with which he speaks to Duncan about not wanting to die but be willing to give his head to him so that Callus will lose strikes me to the heart. To me, there was never a question of whether or not he was sincere. He was at that time. I think the writers at this time intended for him to be. It made me feel very protective of him, which, of course, is how it made Duncan feel. Yeah, and then Duncan zipped his pants. This is Duncan always uses protection. Duncan zipped his pants. Yeah, he zipped it. Yeah, I'm done with it. He's like oh. added. He actually walked in with his dick out, but then <laughs> things were so warm and comforting, he zipped back up, mm. put it away, and then he takes action to get Callus arrested and makes certain that Mac does not lose. That was sneaky and clever. So again, how is it when you watch it for the first time without knowing all the future bits of his history that we learned? And we really learned very little. It's quite different if you go back and start second guessing. Ha ha! I still think he meant it though, and it was a factor of being in shock at how easily Callus bested him. Thanks, Jill. Ha ha, Sherrod, you are. That's a Pink Floyd lyric. Fair enough. From the song Pigs. Hey man, pig man. Ha ha, Sherrod, you are. This is uh, from a frequent commenter, Lee F. Leaf writes Hey guys, I've got a question and a theory. Eamon, as a Highlander fan, are you worried that Keith and Kyle will eventually turn evil and kill you? Their names start with a K, after all. Yes. <laughs> Every day. Keith actually spells Keith with a C. It's weird. That is a weird smelling. Scythe. That's the, tra- that's the traditional. Scythe. Second, I had a thought about Mythos's apartment. 
you know, I got to take issue with your use of an apostrophe here. Uh-oh. Mythos isn't plural. It's really, you know, it's singular. It just happens to end in an S. I think you do apostrophe S on it. Throwing it out there. When you've got a singular word ending in an S, do you do apostrophe S or do you just do an apostrophe, apostrophe. after the S? I disagree. I think it's only when it's plural do you do just the apostrophe. Mm. I think this is a classic MOA versus Chicago battle royale. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> Write us in, listeners. Controversial Gra- reader mail this week. Grammar thoughts. Anyway, second, I had a thought about Mythos's apartment and your disappointment. <laughs> we aren't seeing Mythos's home. We are seeing Adam's home. Hey. Oh. He's meant to be a young researcher who is part of a secret organization. And he has to keep that part hidden from the rest of the world. Mm. He also has to keep Mythos hidden from the Watchers with the disguise of Adam. By living like a grad student and having odd taste in art, he has little in common with anyone any of the Watchers have seen who tend to be older and somewhat broy. This means they'll avoid him instead of him having to avoid them, which in turn helps keep their eyes off him. He's that weird guy at work who's not all that bad or anything. You just don't hang out with him because you don't have much in common. That's interesting. It's an interesting contrast to Duncan, who keeps his name and the souvenirs of his travels as talking points in his apartment. Oh, that sword? That was Hank Reinhardt's or Graham Ashes or a gift from Bunny Prince Charlie or one I uh, learned to use from Consone. Oh, Consone. I read that as Consone at first. Uh, <laughs> that chair? My best friend, the psycho stalker, made it. I'm going to buy my dead ex-girlfriend's bracelet at an auction and fly to Scotland to bury it with her. <laughs> Mytho shed his identity and put on whatever costume suited him to stay alive. Mm. That's a fair point. I dig it. I'm into it. I still don't know if a grad student could afford any of that art. Yeah, that's true. It's shit art, but it's probably expensive. I wonder if Mythos has any Tessa pieces. I would think he does. It seems like his style. Yeah. So thanks, Leafs. I'm serious about this apostrophe thing, though. Well, thanks, everybody, for writing in. And if you ever want to write us, send us an email at highlanderrewatched at gmail.com. But it's now time to hop into this week's episode, Season 3, Episode 18, Testimony. So, guys. <laughs> Testimony. Testimony. Yeah. Testimony. That's what the noises Tessa makes when she and Duncan are... Uh, making coffee. <laughs> Testimony. <laughs> it's, it's an original Testimony sword. <laughs> Testimonial. So, this episode was originally aired May 1st, 1995. It was directed by Dennis Barry. We know him for all his fog. A lot of fog use. Foggy we Barry. We la- last saw him direct Mythos, The Lamb, Cross of St. Anthony... Or Antoine. Antoine. Come on, guys. I don't know. I what is Anthony. it with you in names? What is it with you and not pronouncing them right? Why, why isn't them, it Anthony? I listen to the episode and hear how every actor says the name and then pronounce it the same way. You guys did not want to pronounce Sidwin correctly. Oh, you know what I'm even doing? Though the you know what I'm doing when I get home? Listening Sidwin. to the episode and sending you the Go clip to the tape. on how you're wrong. Yeah. Sidwin. And it's Antoine. They say it in the episode. Anthony. Several <laughs> times. All right. We've been your rewatcher. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> yeah, we're about to go fight with sticks and blades. <laughs> anyway, we've talked about him recently because he did the Matahari miniseries with Christopher Lambert oh. that none of us have seen. But mm. I checked his IMDb recently. He has two new projects. Mm. Uh, there's no new info about them, but one of them is called Stringers and the other one is called Savages. 
So how, what's it, how do you say it? Savages, S A U, like savages, but like an A and a U in there. Oh, so maybe it's weird. the French savages. I don't know. There Junior we go. Bell. Anyway, this episode was written by David Tynan. Uh, he was the coordinating producer. He wrote 33 episodes of Highlander. That's Ooh. a lot of episodes. Yeah. Um, his first was The Sea Witch, and he also did Turnabout, The Return of Amanda, Unholy Alliance. One and two, Shadows, Line of Fire, blah, blah, blah. Uh, he did pass away in 2013. I think we've talked about that before. And uh, you might remember the very sweet story we talked about in our Highlander Worldwide recap with Donaletto and David Tynan. Oh, so yeah. hey, if you haven't, go listen to it. Go listen to it. It's called The Sea Witch. That's right. <laughs> uh, this episode for brutality. guest stars Lex Daniel as Kristoff. His IMDb is short, but kind of awesome. He was Briscoe in Judge Dredd. Ooh. Sewer Thug number two in The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> Ooh, Sewer Thug. And he was in Dungeons and Dragons 3, colon, The Book of Vile Darkness, which I'm assuming is The Darkness 14, Book the of book Vile, Vile Darkness. Darkness. Well, it's actually a book of unspeakable evil in the Dungeons and Dragons world. It's a <laughs> powerful artifact. Fuck you all. Uh, <laughs> it also it's, yeah, stars Selena Gomez. It's Giles. parallel as The Book of Exalted Deeds. Jesus. <laughs> Exalted deeds. Gygax. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It also guest stars Selena Giles as Tasha. She's been in a bunch of stuff, but I noticed she plays Evie's mother in V for Vendetta. Ooh. And uh, also, isn't uh, that the alter ego of Catwoman? Yeah, Selena Giles. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Uh, it all comes back to Ninja Turtles and Batman. And, and Dark Knight Rises, specifically. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's one very other important guest star in this episode, which is Lawrence Shore. Larry Shore. What? Writer of Highlander. Who uh, is he? He is the man at the airport. Oh, shit. The one who yeah. has like, ex-wife problems. <laughs> Why is the ex-wife on the plane with the current wife? Well, if Mac had any interest in speaking to him, he would have yeah. gotten the truth. But now we'll never know because Mac I'm is I'm more distracted. interested in that than the plot of this episode. <laughs> you mean the stirring, rousing plot that we're probably about to hear the IMDb description on. But. That's right. Uh, so just a quick, quick, quick mention. Quick, 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 about Larry Shore. Uh, his last episode was, I think, the troubling obsession. But we keep trying to figure out what's going on with Hanukkah hoops. Right. So uh, I tweeted at them. I tweeted at them again, and they are not responding to me. So Did you say you from tweet- downtown Shalom? <laughs> yeah, I tweeted all the way from downtown. Shalom. <laughs> are you tweeting as Keith? Are you tweeting at Highlander Rewatched? I was tweeting as Highlander Rewatched. Maybe that's why. Maybe that is why. But. I did notice, check this out, the IMDb page has been updated. This is the Internet Movie Database page for all you listeners. So is it? So (laughs) it it has a release date. Is it in the past? How much would have bet it's in the past? That would be amazing. It it lists the stats for how much money it made its opening weekend. Let's do Price is Right. How much money do you think it made opening weekend? Uh, $50,000. All right. Name $50,000, Kyle. $51,000. All right. $50,000 and $1. According to IMDb, this movie made $8,000 on its opening weekend, which was on July 16th. 2020. What? <laughs> That's okay, what so never mind. Yeah, so this thing, I don't know what's going on, but they updated it somehow, and mm. there it is. Shalom. Shalom. Shalom, indeed. Yeah. All right, downtown. so we talk about the IMDb episode description for testimony. Buckle up, buttercups. There we go. Anne arrives in Fran- Frank. <laughs> Anne, Anne, Anne arrives in Frank. Frank. <laughs> she kept a diary. Speaking of diaries. <laughs> yeah. We have I not she would have been a believer. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and no remember that controversy? I do. Okay, good. Wait, what? Uh, apparently, <laughs> Justin Bieber went to the Anne Frank house uh. and wrote in the guest book, I bet you would have been a believer. 
Anyway. Not wrong, but, oh you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anne arrives in France to meet Duncan, but she goes into doctor mode. Doctor they, they, mode. <laughs> when a young woman collapses behind her in the airport. At the hospital, they discovered that the woman was smuggling heroin inside her body for the Russian mob, and that she collapsed because the balloon burst inside her. It's a very detailed description of her medical problems. Yeah. After a hitman attempts to kill the woman in order to keep her from talking, Anne tries to, tries to convince her to testify against the mob boss. But Duncan has second thoughts when he realizes that the boss is Kristoff. And a mortal he once crossed paths with. It's Christoph's pass with. Meanwhile, someone recognizes dead. <laughs> Come on, guys. Meanwhile, someone recognizes quote unquote dead Richie. So he has to get out of France fast. Also, there it is. Yeah, it is. There it is. Also, Anne attempts to come to terms with Duncan's immortality. She comes to term, all right. Hey, oh. I don't know what In that means. In flashback to 1750 Russia, Duncan is invited to stay with Kristoff's Cossack band, but he is appalled when the Cossacks slaughter a defenseless band of farmers. A lot of bands in this. <laughs> all bands all the time. It's the, well, they fight foreigner. They yes. use the term bands a lot, and inside her body, I think, is used Ooh. three times. And coming to terms. Inside her body. So I'm going to read the YouTube description. Wait, is that the end? Oh, yeah, that's Okay, it. cool. Just for, that, it doesn't just resolve at all. It's yeah. just it's that. Just well, they end the YouTube or the, the IMDb description with the flashback that doesn't happen at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Here's the YouTube description. And help save the life of <laughs> oh, a young boy, woman back. who turns out to be smuggling drugs for immortal Kristoff, head of a Russian gang of mobsters. That's it. <laughs> yeah, it's over. <laughs> the contrast between those two, they really are a great match to pair. They're two peas in a pod. Well, you get all you need to know. Mm -hmm. Like, what's up? What's up with that? What's up with that? Possibility that... <laughs> I should also get the Hulu description. Ooh. And see how they compare. Yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Shall we hop into this episode? Let's do it. All right. So this opens up at an airport. And Mac and Richie are hanging out like in an airport restaurant, and Mac is eating. Are they in the airport right then, or are they just on a ca in a cafe? I think they're I think at they're an in the airport. airport cafe. Yeah. And Richie, Richie's in disguise. Yeah. Richie's in disguise, right. He's Wearing like shades a, indoors with yeah. a hat. He was like a little doofus. Cat. Yeah. yeah. He looks like the Uno bomber. Oh, boy. The Uno bomber. <laughs> he looks like that uh, one bomber, one bomber, the Papa John's bomber. So Mac is drinking orange juice and eating nuts. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> No, and there's like a lot of weird voiceover stuff here. They keep on cutting I, between things, and there's lots of weird. I have no. I idea like this. I was so confused, and I hated it. Oh, really? I yeah. was like, this is a whole new style for the show. Well, it is a whole new style, but I don't know that it works. And they do it for about like the first quarter of the episode. There's another time they do this, and then they don't do yeah, it. Yeah, I wish they did it at the end because there's a point like, at the end where they absolutely could do it, and they don't. Oh, Instead, right. it's just jarring and weird. I kind of liked it. I thought it helped move the action along a little bit. Because it's like, if you had that stuff without the dialogue, it's like, it's just long shots of, like, Mac coming to meet and Anne. But you put the, the rabbit back in the hat, because if you weren't doing it that way, you just wouldn't have shown those shots. I agree that if you were going to show those shots, it would have been boring. But if you weren't planning on doing that, you just never would have shot it. You would have shot something else. You think so? Definitely. I don't know. I don't Why know. would you just shoot, like... 30-second shots of Mac walking down a terminal hallway. Don't do that. They That's did it shitty. in the last episode. They had, they had yeah. Sidwin going down the stairs for like an hour. Yeah, Steve That's Irwin. <laughs> uh, we complained about that because it was I bad. Did. It yes. was artistic because they mirrored the shot later. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 
I yeah, like this. They just I like shot. this. I thought it was cool and kind of cinematic. Okay, I'll take it. Richie says he's hiding out in a hotel in the middle of nowhere. What does that mean? Yeah, where's the hotel in the middle of nowhere? Mm. Well, it's, a lot of towns have small hotels in them. Again, this episode posits Richie as a famous No, it person. does not. Why? <laughs> who, who is going to recognize Richie? Anyone who's ever met him. Like these pit guys. That yeah, what? Him. Come on. <laughs> no. Like, how many people do you think know you? Not your friends, but know you. Like, if they saw you, they a would lot. recognize your face. Hundreds. Hundreds. Okay. Right. You're in a major metropolitan area. How often, walking around the streets of Philly, do you just encounter someone you've seen before? Every day. <laughs> okay. Yep. All right. Do you see where this is going? So, you tragically die young. Quickly, people you know become aware of this fact. But he's in, a, he's in disguise. <laughs> not he really. is he's, in it. He's not, very good disguise. He's not wearing a Sasquatch costume. If I had he's sunglasses wearing, and a hat on, I don't think people would recognize me on the street. I wouldn't recognize you right now. Bam. I, I, we're sitting here talking the whole time, and I have no idea who you are, but that's <laughs> beside the point. If you're someone who has recently died, there's a high chance that someone who sees you will recognize you, absent you being Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> I like, think there's a reason you wouldn't recognize them. You might say they look familiar, but you know they're dead. So it would just be like, you would see someone and be like, that kind of looks like Richie, but he's dead. No, it can't be him. And you would move on with your life. That's an interesting point. Like, I don't Maybe. think you would give it, if you knew somebody that died and then you saw someone that you thought looked like them, would you accost them on the street and be like, you're my friend that died? It's I've like, seen doubles that, before. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, that scenario would never. false Richie. Yeah, false Richie. That would never happen. Like, you'd have to have some, like, crazy bones in your body. To it's be a like, false Richie. <laughs> to go up to somebody and be like, aren't you dead? Who would do that? The pit crew, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that pit crew. Right, we're, we're on shot one, guys. All right, so <laughs> perfect. Uh, so we get all this voiceover stuff. Anne is, I guess, her plane has landed. She's mm-hmm. coming through security. Max got a rose, a, a single, single rose. rose, and then he starts talking to this guy, yeah. Larry Shore. Yeah. So Larry Shore has this dialogue about like, "Hey, like, what are you doing here?" or whatever. So he's is, waiting for his current wife and ex-wife to get off this plane or his fiance right fiance or something and somehow she's been on the plane with his ex-wife yeah oh, maybe his ex-wife is a flight attendant Ooh, <laughs> but they wouldn't be sitting next to each other yeah they maybe they're both the flight plane. attendants <laughs> so they have to sit in that weird little like yeah. booth area yeah. mm-hmm. he really sleeps around on planes he does he's the president of the mile high club hey, hey. <laughs> anyway so Anne is coming through security and the woman behind her freaks out and like grabs her tummy and tumbles over her tummy. Yep. yeah she has some tummy trouble yeah some tummy trouble that's what we're calling it when uh you're an h mule and a bunch of heroin is released <laughs> yeah. into your intestine right her tum tum went so, boom boom yeah <laughs> this is when Anne goes into doctor mode doctor yeah, do- mode initiate junk i wish there was like a transformation sequence like in power rangers <laughs> We're like robots combined together. Form of a general practitioner. Yeah, Yeah, what kind of doctor is Anne? She's an ER. She's a trauma surgeon, I think. She's a surgeon. Yeah, she is a surgeon. I get. Well, she works in the ER. I feel like it's nebulous. It is a little nebulous, but it always seems like she's dealing with people who are fucked. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, the ER thing checks out. I don't know if she's a surgeon or not, though. I think she might be. Makes sense. Maybe not. Anyway. All right, so this woman collapses, and Anne is trying to help her, and she ends up skirting by airport security because of this. So, little Can tip you... for everyone out there that wants mm, to be ooh, a maybe doctor. she's the one who's actually got heroin in her stomach. Holy oh, shit! Oh, the switcheroo! Yeah, I didn't this is we're writing that. Ocean's fourteen right now. Yeah. 
The one where they all become drug smugglers. Mm -hmm. Ocean's 14, drug mules. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to the hospital. And Anne is, like, briefing these doctors. Anne says she has, like, intestinal blockage, but she thinks it's not... Like her appendix or something like that. Hmm. What could this be? Oh, are you a doctor? Oh, yes. I'm sorry, Dr. Ann Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> are you a doctor? No. <laughs> I'm just an intestine enthusiast. <laughs> yeah. So she's prepped right. for surgery. And so this woman's name is Tesha. Tasha. Tasha. I have written Tesha because you I think they say. are incorrect. You're I have. so wrong all the time. <laughs> are we watching the same episode? No, apparently I not. I thought her name was Tesha. 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 You're thinking of Kesha? Well, I, have, I do have some TikTok jokes in here. And also I have, she's Bobo Tessa, Tesha. <laughs> <laughs> she is Bobo Tessa and Bobo Kesha. I think her name is But her name is Tesha. Tasha. Tasha. She's Bobo Tasha Yar. So the villain of this episode is a mud monster <laughs> who uh, wants to kill his girlfriend, his own girlfriend. Because uh, yeah. we cut to who we'll learn is Christoph, a shitty art enthusiast. Well, hold, no, no, we forgot Mac. Oh, right. Mac and Tessa finally... Yeah, so... Well, they've seen each other in the hospital or in the airport. No. No, they, they no. actually see each other for the first time. No. No. They see each other in the airport. No, they don't. No, they don't. Well, they certainly don't address each other in the airport. They do Mac not. sees they her They do in the not airport. see each other in the airport. Yes, they do. No, they Mac don't. Mac sees Anne, at the very least. Yes. Sure, I, yes, sure, Mac sure. does see Anne. Are we getting to this level of nitpickery? No, we're just trying to get it right. <laughs> her name's Tesha. Matt's oh not. Anne didn't see her. Him. Anyway, whatever. Max says, like, oh, I didn't know you practiced in France or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then she's, like, dumbfounded when she sees him. <laughs> right. Now we encounter Christophe, the art enthusiast slash drug dealer. And so we see him. He's, like, looser. Looser. It's like, what? I, was, I, I had to whistle that, like, twice. Looser. Like, what is that? How did you looser. lose her? Looser. Looser Vandross. Makes sense. Checks out. He's saying loser, question mark. How did you lose her? Uh, so, yeah, basically he just yells at his goons to make sure he goes to the hospital and make sure she is dead. Yeah. Can we talk about what this guy's wearing? <laughs> like a weird white. He looks like a uh, switch from the Met Matrix. Another switch character. <laughs> yeah, another no. switch character. He's got like no, white like these... pajamas on and it's no, like, yeah, his like shirt these... is like opened up. He's bald with a mustache. And then his art is like eyeballs and splatter paint, right? Yeah, he's and he's like, just splatter because he's angry. He's splattering more. <laughs> Let me splatter a little more. And then I don't know what the fuck this is, but he's getting angry at his goons for losing Tasha. Right. And he dips his finger in red paint and draws a sad face on him. <laughs> yeah, this is quite the character. And then slaps him in the face. Yep. It's like, what is happening? <laughs> what All right. Is this? So we cut to like Max's place. Kind of, it's like this is like Max's like storage room that we actually have seen before in like the second season when they first came to Paris. I think and they're just yeah boxes that say McLeod on them. Right. Yeah, that say Africa, nineteen twelve, McLeod. <laughs> uh, so Mac is like showing her his sword. Yes, which Not is that sword. the sword he got from Bonnie Prince Charlie right. after the battle in cool. the previous episode. So yeah. we're linking up a little bit. Yeah, this is the sword I got from Bonnie Prince Charlie. I had some thoughts on this. I mean, like, this is kind of like the Silver Room scene in the first movie, like, showing all the shit. He doesn't make her fucking murder him. <laughs> right, that's... Well, she's already seen him get fucking murdered, I guess so. so. He didn't have to do that. But she, as she's looking at all this, she's like, you know, this makes a lot of sense. Like, you're a guy that owned an antique store, so of course. Like, But it's like, no, reverse that. This is fucked. He's screwing with your brain. He owns an antique store, and he's just telling you that he's collected this stuff in real life. But she's seen him die. But this defies all logic. 
So you're I was wondering, that she should have made it hit him kill himself. Maybe <laughs> no. she's a doctor. I was like, maybe Anne think like none of this makes any sense. Like maybe this is Duncan's twin. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually an interesting. Like she is on board this right away. Yeah, he could have a twin. That's a thing. <laughs> or that he never really is... died in the first place. Yeah. Or something. But she's like, it makes sense that you have all these antiques. You must be immortal. It's like, <laughs> how about it's the reverse of that? And that he has an antique store and he's fucking with your brain and saying, like, oh, I actually got this at the Battle of Glenfiddich. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, it's a scam, man. You know better. Anyway. It's like, it's like a fairy tale. Yeah. That's right. But, and she calls back their encounter with John Kieran. I like that. Cage, because that was her first exposure to someone defying right. the odds, which also is another reason why she should believe that it isn't Max. Oh, that's twin. a good point. Maybe Kieran had a twin. They're all twins. <laughs> Maybe they're all just twins down through history. Twinning. Oh, twins on top of twins. Stop describing your porn fantasies and twins on top of twins. <laughs> the darkness eighteen. Twins, twins on, on top, top of, of twins. twins. Very good. One of these days we'll get a complete list of our darkness things. We with, have a whole with photoshopped covers. Oh, oh. Yeah, I want that bad. Wendy, if you're listening, yeah. this seems like a good job for you, friend of the show, Wendy. Yeah, do that. <laughs> That's not going to be suitable for Facebook, I don't think. No. <laughs> you don't think so? No, we can make it that the way. The covers, they're allowed to put the covers on there, right? Or no? I don't know. Do the covers of like X-rated movies have actual like nudity on them? We're going far afield <laughs> here. Okay. So Anne, after seeing all this, is like, oh, yeah, I forgot about Tesha. Um, so uh, you piece <laughs> Fuck <of shit>. you. <laughs> So this she's is the like last episode. <laughs> so she's like, I we got to go check her because I like feel responsible for her or whatever. It's like, OK, cool. So we cut to the hospital where it is revealed by the doctor that she is a drug courier. No, she's a drug coulier <laughs> or a cool coulier. 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 It does say coulier. Coulier. It actually means Kyler, the uh, <laughs> villain from She before. is a drug Kyler. She is a mime. Mime time. So we cut inside Tesha's room, which I have spelled here Tasha for some reason. Because but... that's the right name. <laughs> Maybe later yeah. it's like Tesha. We'll see. So she's pa- so that pa- heroin balloon burst before she died. Right. Uh, Luckily they saved her. So Anne is in there kind of like talking to Tasha. About how being a drug mule isn't a good way to make money. Right. But I, she also says, says it I'm seems like you have a lot going, going for you. Why would you do something like this? What? <laughs> what is she basing that on? Well, she's an attractive young lady. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Do you not agree with that statement? I didn't think so. Oh, well, fair enough. To each his own. But <laughs> Sorry, guys. Christoph thinks he's pretty enough. <laughs> and he and from his art, you know, he's got great taste. That's true. The line that jumped out at me more was the <laughs> I've seen this before. <laughs> like I've seen doubles before. It was like that. It was like I've seen this. she says like I've seen this so many times before. This is a false Tasha. It's, like, really? it's like you have. You deal with these H mules all the time. In Seacouver, she ran into a lot of heroin drug mules. Yeah, where are they? Is Seacouver uh like border crossing point or something? <laughs> yeah, they're maybe. hopping over from we Canada. We kind of don't quite yeah. know where it is, yeah. so maybe. They're probably coming in from Canada. This is like yeah. uh, One-Eyed Jacks in Twin Peaks, maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Ooh. So this woman, like, I guess she's, she's is she a French actress doing a Russian? Her accent is like, Her I thought. Her name is Selena Giles. Is that a French name? Sounds French. I guess so. You guys. <laughs> but it seemed like Tommy Wiseau level of like an accent. It was pretty great. She's you ADR don't too, scare isn't me. She? Or is she? No. I no? have this. Riddle me this, Ken Gord. Why do you dub everybody in this show? <laughs> and then this woman 
is like, you think I do this for money? Like, yeah. <laughs> I do this for Chris Dobb. Her voice is crazy. <laughs> you think I do this for money? Yeah. But uh, she's supposed to be of a foreign persuasion. Right. Which foreign persuasion? I was having trouble tracking that. Tasha. What kind of name is that? I think she's supposed to be Russian. What kind she's of name is Tesha? She's supposed to be Russian. Tesha. That's a Well, she's supposed to be with a, a dollar sign. A dollar yeah. sign. <laughs> So she's doing all this drug shit for a guy. Okay. Who we get to see. <laughs> this is the most crazy cut in the history of the series. Yeah, I've lost my shit on this one. Eamon, do the honors. So it's like, oh, Keith you're... is dying. Keith's dead. So Anne like, has this like angelic look on her face. And she's like, oh, you're doing this for a guy, huh? And then it just cuts to Kristoff holding a picture of Tasha. Not a picture, just... a headshot. Yeah, a headshot. Like, <laughs> a framed like, desk, desk sides like... Like, this photo. Was, I wonder if this was her headshot that she gave the producers to get cast. Yeah. And they framed it. And he just spits, spits on right it. in the face. A loogie on it. And I'm like, Whoa. Why does he have this picture? Because he's in love. Maybe, maybe he's also her manager. She's yeah, an actress. A, and then that's the scene. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's just cuts it. Oh. Cut. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So then we cut back to the hospital, and there's this, like, mulleted goon there. Ooh, with sweet shoes, though. Yeah, he's got... What is it like? Four thousand dollar boots or something? I've never three hundred dollar boots. I've never seen a nurse with four million dollar <laughs> boots before. And Mac notices these boots. Put on your boots, right? So Mac like goes after, like he goes into the Tesha's room to kill her, and and, and doesn't like, oh, there's someone in here. I'll come back. He just like walks right in and pulls the gun right. out like right away. So Mac ambushes this dude, mm-hmm. and they fight. It's like rough and tough, and Mac yeah. gets like shot in the shoulder, which is mm-hmm. cool. And then there's a chase down the hall. I'm going to get you, boy. <laughs> yes. I couldn't believe that. This episode is ridiculous. Uh, so then we get like a stairwell karate this fight. This part's pretty cool. I like this part. Yeah, yeah it looks cool. Uh, we're back to like classic season one. Yeah. All goons know karate. Yeah, everyone yep. knows karate. And Mac like kicks him down the stairs. I thought this looked cool too. Yeah. The security guards come in after Mac beats this guy up and they kind of like slide in a little bit yeah. <laughs> like uh, he's like <laughs> and he just goes he slipped and then they're like oh wait monsieur and he just doesn't he just, he just yeah. keeps going and they've just let him go he's then allowed to leave yep. with a bullet hole in his chest which Anne then checks out yeah so upstairs Anne's like oh no like you've been hurt or whatever and max like i'm gonna be fine and she's like freaking out she once again transforms into doctor mode which i kind of liked i think it's cool that like you know as a character like Anne is someone that wants to help people yeah. all the time so she like rips Max's shirt off mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. yeah uh, and the bullet wound is like healed over. Yeah, it's like just a little scar at this point. It just looks like a little puckered asshole. At this point. <laughs> oh my God. Jesus, it does look like that. See? Okay, thank you. <laughs> a little puckered asshole. No electricity coming out of it. No, oh, that's good. Very good. <laughs> but once again, Anne has a mind fuck as she sees this new thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get you, boy. <laughs> So then we are uh we're back home. Mac and Ann are canoodling. Yeah. Yep, banging on the barge. And they're like barging eating, and banging. What is what is he eating? I checked this out a couple times. I think it's apple slices with peanut butter. <laughs> I'd just be amazing if the rest of the dialogue he's just like bah, 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 Aaron Burr. Uh, Aaron Burr. <laughs> No one remember that commercial? We all remember that commercial. Damn straight. 
Uh-oh. What? Aaron Burr, the milk commercial? No. Guy, guy eats a peanut butter sandwich when he's trying to call into a radio show, and he's oh, asked who right. shot Alexander Hamilton in a famous duel, and he's trying, to give the, he's trying to give the name Aaron Burr, and he can't do it because of the peanut butter. But he needs milk. Yeah. So anyway, they've, I guess... Anne's wearing like a silky red Her number. boobies are <laughs> popping out of this thing. <laughs> My God. Very good. <laughs> they are. Like you were, we're the rewatchers. I'm just taking notes. <laughs> you want to be a star, don't you? <laughs> Ugh, we're gross. We're terrible. We're awful. Terrible. So she's asking Mac about historical figures at this I point. I didn't like this part. She's like, did you know Marie Antoinette? And he was like, very sexy. It's like, I what? Think he says incredibly oh, okay. sexy. Ooh. But then Wait, she just why starts. Why is that her first guess? And two. I would need to Google this. I, I thought Marie Antoinette was 16 or something like that. So yeah, exactly. This Very is some, yeah. So this is like some weird Roy Moore shit. So different time. So then she just starts like naming presidents: Lincoln, like Roosevelt, oh Teddy or Franklin. It's like all she seems to care about are presidents and Marie Antoinette. And Marie, yeah. Yes, that's it. And I hate These are legendary people. I would want yeah. to ask about George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Sure, sure, I guess so. But like he happened, well, not George Washington, but he had. Yeah, he was to in. Be a as he says, I was in me. China. Yeah, <laughs> I was in China at the time. China. China. It's pronounced China. 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 <laughs> All right, so Mac gets the buzz. Buzz blocked. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Richie is here. Because some mechanics, this is the thing we've been alluding to all episode. Some mechanic. he was at a cafe, he thought in the middle of nowhere, but some mechanics from the racetrack happened to be there. They hang out there. They saw him and they said, I'm going to get you, boy. <laughs> and apparently, like, they started, like, a whole to-do about this. Like, there was apparently yelling and maybe fighting, it seemed like. Yeah, Richie just punches him out. <laughs> So Max explaining to, I guess, to Anne what happened. And he's like, Richie died in front of thousands of people once again. Which isn't true. Because <laughs> yeah, we, we saw, saw the that. episode <laughs> and there were like maybe 20 people. But there was there. probably media there. Yeah. Sure. That guy that takes all the pictures of them arguing. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> that guy. He's like, oh, RR in Tarragon died in a terrible, terrible crash. So Max nope. says, you got to get out of the country. Which blah, I blah. thought he already had to do. Like, yeah. didn't they learn this lesson last week? I well, I think so. it's that now these guys might be making moves to look for him. You gotta go. Also, how many days has it been? Just like, don't go out. Just like, don't go yeah, to a cafe. Why'd you go to dude. a cafe? I guess Uber drink eats. alone in your house, like a lonely exist. son yeah. of a bitch. Where, what was what was Richie up to? Like, he was he's staying in a hotel food, in Paris, presumably. So he went to a cafe in the middle of nowhere, like as in like a weird neighborhood in Paris. Or I got the impression like. In the suburbs of Paris, middle of nowhere. Like, what the fuck is he doing out there? He's trying to get some food. Okay. <laughs> he hungry. That's right. So the phone rings, and it's the police for Anne. So we cut to the hospital, and I guess the police, I guess, called Anne in for some questioning or whatever. No, they call her in to try to convince what's-her-face, Tasha, to testify. Wh- they, needed, they needed a way to loop her back into they the They need a, a woman's touch for the, like, what yeah. is this? Also, why? How is Anne going to convince her? Like they have no connection at all. And saved her life. She doesn't even know her. I think uh, Tasha was like passed out most of the time for this. It, it makes no sense. But <laughs> yeah. For some reason, they've yeah. decided that they've got a bond, and that Doctor Anne Lindsay can do something about it. Right in Tasha's room. I have it spelled Tasha this time. She's like, if I if they talk, uh, they'll kill me. <laughs> I just wanted to be like before. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> Yeah, she said she wants it to be like before. And I guess, is this supposed to parallel 
the Anne storyline. Oh, maybe. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Right. And she's like, oh, you can't do that. Ha 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 ha. And then, you know, we get to see Kristoff. He comes to town. And my notes here just realized he's the Russian Paul Shear. <laughs> <laughs> he also has like a Xavier St. Cloud vibe. Yeah, Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> so Mac and Kristoff see each other. Right. And unfortunately, Kristoff also sees Dr. Ann Lindsay. That's well, right. But we have a, but we have a flashback, flashback first. Oh, yeah. So we flashback to 1750. I don't know. It's got like a blue filter. It's in like mm-hmm. a Russian encampment. Well, it's in Russia. And Mac is, I guess, riding his horse through the woods and he comes across this Cossack. Mm-hmm. And they're going to fight each other for, I guess, no good reason. But because no man lands a Cossack land without facing Cossack steel. Right. So Mac does this crazy horse kick thing. It's pretty cool. It's kick. cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it totally looks like it wouldn't work, though. It's way too slow. It's yeah. like he just showed you his back. Stab it. Yeah. Stab his back. <laughs> Back. Cossack. Do you want the horse a Cossack? No one can do that. No one can beat the Cossack. Is this? They all this just always sound like, like yeah, from, from uh, <laughs> episode one and two. Creepy anti-Semitic space alien. <laughs> That's right. Also, now they're friends. Also, I would like yeah, to point out that pals. four years ago was when he was in Scotland. Seventeen. So this is forty-six. Yeah. So this is Scotland very soon after that. Right. So we don't know how long he was on his murder spree, but. <laughs> Now they're best friends. Mm-hmm. He's dehorsed this man, and then they, and they're like, "Let's and, just get on your horse." And lost his, him his horse. Yeah, like there, this guy has no interest in going to find this horse. That seems very dumb. Like this yep. is like a nomadic people. Mm-hmm. This horse seems like it's worth a lot to them. Like, yep. But he's like, "Nah, fuck it." Like, fuck that horse. Yeah. Oh, we're just hey, you fuck go that back. horse. <laughs> yeah. So at some point. I wish I had started a counter to determine how many times the word Cossack is used, <laughs> because every two goddamn seconds, people are describing Cossacks, and they're doing things because they're Cossacks, and boy, are Cossacks great. No one can beat a Cossack. We do Cossack dance, Cossack drink. We go to war with Cossack for Mother Russia. It's just like they say it so many times as an explanation for everything a human being does, yep. and at some point, I was just out of my gourd. Ken Gourd. Yeah. Someone out there who wants to rewatch this episode and tell us how many times the word Cossack is used. Please do so. Yeah. I actually want the answer to this. (laughs) End rant. Very good. So Mac arrives at the Cossack encampment. And is introduced to Kristoff. Who has a goofy-as-fuck mustache. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to rip that off his face. <laughs> yeah, me too. So he's explaining to Mac. He's like, we are this land. I can't... How I cannot do a Russian accent anymore? I was doing it earlier by myself. <laughs> or like, wait, wait, you were just doing a Russian accent alone? Yeah, alone. In the mirror. Time like, to do dishes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I do Russian accent alone (laughs) with nobody else. Uh, So he's like, God help anyone who tries to move us like off this land or whatever. This is the way to live, McLeod. Right. So they McLeod like dances with them and like when Mac is dancing, Mac is just like oop 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 oop. All I can think was do 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 because he's kind of doing do do do. Do, do. I don't dance. Do, do, do. <laughs> so Mac is like wasted too. This is fun. It is fun. I thought it was a little weird. Like they really accelerate their relationship. I think that was just the point of it. Like yeah. to be like, hey, they're, they're friends. Like this guy's a good guy. And so we can see the turn happen. But yeah, it is very quick. Then we see that Christoph does notice Anne when we go back. Yes. And he's like, I'd rather be an artist. And it's like, don't do that either. Yeah. But he's like, he says he's an artist. He's like, but the, the public is so fickle. It's like, what do you mean fickle? Like, they don't like your shit-ass art? Like, yes, I think yeah. that's what he means. Like, <laughs> that's exactly terrible what he means. Artist. 
His art is quite bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, he constantly is throwing tantrums and yeah. like, spraying on it. It's like, I don't know, man. That didn't really seem very intentional. <laughs> Oh, so. also, we get like a, a, a kind of return of like the your woman line. He's like, Oh, yeah, this she woman belongs belong to, to you. It's like, ah, gross, you man. S- Does Anne say anything to that? No, no. I think she just stands there. <laughs> I'll stay away from yours if you'll stay away from mine. And then also, I'll show me mine if you show me yours. What? <laughs> Whoa, that was good. Yeah, that was worth it. <laughs> I'll show me mine. <laughs> All right, I'll so. I'll show me mine when I go home. They nope. split up, and Mac and Anne are walking to the car, and. Mac is like, I think this is a mistake. And he changes his mind so fucking fast. <laughs> well, he's- so Anne thinks he's talking about, like, Tesha, <laughs> Tessa testifying. But that's not what he means. He means that Anne should not be here because, like, yeah. right as soon as she gets here, she's now in wrapped danger. up in this immortal plot. This thing that he knew was going to happen immediately and Mac is just being a huge fucking asshole. <laughs> but the thing that's crazy is Mac has not gotten her really... Oh, she got them into it. Kind of. Even if Mac wasn't around and being in this scenario, this dude Kristoff is probably going to come after Anne because she's fucking with his girl. But she like, came yeah. to Paris because sure. of Mac. I guess. But this is like a complete chance thing. Like, the Immortal game did not really pull Anne into this scenario. That's very true. Anne has finally gotten herself into some trouble. Finally. Yay! <laughs> she's a in- strong, independent woman and she can get herself, herself into, into trouble. trouble. Yeah. <laughs> she can get mixed up with Russian mobsters on her own. Thank you very much so mac is like i gotta take care of this and Anne is like why don't we call the police mac is like because they can't do anything like why why this always happens in the show like oh someone always <laughs> suggests calling the police and they're like they can't help because they're immortal it's like sure they fucking can like, they can arrest they worked with callus yeah they yeah can arrest <laughs> right, callus. yes his most formidable opponent the cops, the cops. are just fine for <laughs> but this but not ball. this fuck <laughs> Well, then we get a cut back to Mother Russia. Mother Russia, the day after. In that flashback, Kristoff was trying to get Mac to like join them in battle the next day with some invaders in their land. And Mac's right. kind of ho-hum about it, but he's going along. Yeah, it's dark. He's like, to us, there's nothing greater than crossing the life of an enemy. It's like, <laughs> it's like Jesus yeah. Christ, man. Yeah, slow your fucking roll. Kristoff's people, I forget, I forget what they're called. I think something with a C. But they're like... <laughs> Oh, what is it? They, they John Cusack. Yeah, it's Cusack. Yeah, the Cusacks. The Cusacks like live for battle, and like <laughs> they all have to fight. So they end up riding up to this like encampment of foreigners or whatever, and they're like, "Look at them tilling <laughs> our soil." <laughs> and they're just—they're no warriors. They're just farmers, right? So Mac is like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> thunder, <laughs> thunder, thundercats!" <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know how that came out of my mouth. Well, you know, what are we going to do about the Q-Sacks? Sniff, sniff. Well, you know. All right, so. Mumbra's ready. So Mac is like, hold hold your horses. This is not a battle. This is like some fucked up slaughter. These people are just regular old folks. Yeah, and he says the czar pays them to like kill these interlopers yeah so that's another weird wrinkle to this too like it seemed like this was this weird like mother russian pride but it's like now they just seem like mercenaries or something yeah interesting so Mac's not cool with this and they go in anyway and they fucking murder the shit out of these farmer people they fuck up that one woman who they drag by her hair that is savage so savage kind of funny though <laughs> yeah, he's kind of funny uh and at some point mac can take no more of this right and, and he goes in and ends up fighting that Dr. his Mary. friend 
Yeah. Wow. He like leaps and pulls that guy off his horse. That's actually kind of an amazing stunt. Nice dive. And he fucking kills the shit out of his friend. Yeah. Yeah, he like kills these dudes. Like he's yeah. not just like intervening. He's like, I'm gonna kill you now. Yeah. And they're like, You betrayed us, McLeod. And Kristoff's like, oh shit. <laughs> As he's like yelling about it, he gets pitchforked. Yeah. Yes. Brutally. And it's, it's great. Awesome. It's great. And I guess is that supposed to be his first death? Yeah. Did Whoa. they get a buzz? I don't remember him getting a buzz before that. Oh shit. No. Hold I don't know. Hold on, let me look at my notes. I don't know. Hold on. I don't have the word buzz written in my notes when they meet, and usually I write it down. Yep. Well, I'll check uh, the Watcher Chronicles. I'm too. thinking that's his first death. Death by pitchfork. Interesting. Damn. He does pretty savagely get stabbed by this pitchfork. Yeah, it's cool. And it's like from behind. Yeah. This whole thing is, I think, a pretty solid, like, Ken Gord complained about, like, how hard villages are and stuff. I think this got pulled off pretty well. They had structures. They had plenty of extras. Yeah. The battle is, like, pretty chaotic, and mm-hmm. the camera floats around really it's cool. Intense. And then they burn shit down. I, this this is neat. For a one-hour TV show, this felt pretty... This is good. Pretty grand. Hey, Rewatchers, we have a deal for you for the holiday season. You remember our amazing magnet set? Well, now you can get it cheaper than ever as it's going on sale for only $15 for each and every one of our collectible magnets. Eamon, can you tell us about this magnet set? Yes, uh, I designed these magnets. Uh, we have uh, magnets featuring Mac, a special flashback Scottish Mac, Mythos, Joe Dawson, and Amanda. And this handsome set of five could be a good Christmas gift for yourself or a loved one. Or Hanukkah, or Kwanzaa, if you're one of the six people who celebrates Kwanzaa. <laughs> yeah. Or if you just want a present. Yeah. Yeah, you want to just treat yourself. Yeah. That's very important. For only $15, this collectible magnet set can be yours today. And that's you like can display the, it proudly on your fridge. That's like the cost of a lunch. Like a big mm-hmm. lunch, but just, it's lunch. Mm-hmm. Don't go, Stop going to Wawa. Just buy these magnets instead. You okay. can't eat them, but you can put things on your refrigerator. Kyle, what's a Wawa? <laughs> a Wawa is a <laughs> Pennsylvania area institution that is basically a convenience store that also sells hoagies, which for people who aren't what, from around... Kyle, what's a hoagie? <laughs> hoagies are what weirdo Philadelphians call subs. Or, or a grinder. Food. No, grinders are hot heroes. Oh. Depends on where you're from. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hot heroes, Duncan McClough. Now we're back on track. track. So get that sexy Scotsman on your fridge today for only $15. Plus. On Etsy or our Facebook page. Bye today. Then we cut back to the present on the barge, and we get a shot of Richie's new passport. Did yeah. anyone see what's written on it? No. no. So uh, his new fake ID, he is Bill Powell. He was born October 9th, 1965 or 1968. I couldn't really make it out. Hmm. Uh, he's from Tennessee, and there we go. So. Wow. Bill Powell. Bill Powell. Boo. Pow- <laughs> like Powell? Powell. Powell. Like Sergeant Powell from uh, season one. Yes. So this is where the dialogue with... And happens that we've actually brought this up several times where Max says, I could catch a cold. I just cannot die from it. Right. I can get sick. I just can't die from it. I still am dubious of this entire premise for reasons I've previously explained. Yeah. Well, Mac is like kicking Anne out basically. Like Richie's like, hey, is there anything I can do for you? Like any favors for you since yeah, you got you me this? Yeah, you take Anne to the airport with you. Right. Again, just telling Anne where to go and what to do. Come on, Mac. When Mac- flags, they're red. Yeah. When Mac leaves, like, to be alone, like, Richie, like, creepily, like, massages 
and yeah, like, he does. On the arm. He's doing it again, he's man. Doing it again. Uh, it's like this is test style. Yeah, yeah, he's moving in. Troubled women, but yeah, like uh, once again, Mac is like fucking with Anne's emotions. Like Mac dies, he comes back to life. Is like, come and see me. She comes and sees him, and instantly he's like, go away. Yeah. <laughs> like this is nuts. Mm-hmm. I'm a mythical creature. Goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Mac needs to get like a handle on his emotions. I think really. Hmm. Because he's all over the place. Yeah, he, he never is. knows what he wants what he's trying to do. <laughs> he some help from Mel, Mel Gibson. What Max want. <laughs> what so Max also want. on top of the barge, when Anne comes to confront or to, to comfort him or whatever, I guess Mac had never really told her about Tessa, like that she was murdered. Oh, yeah, Richie tells. Yeah, he's like, oh, I just found out her. she was like gunned yeah. down. It's like, that's a big thing to not tell anybody about. Yeah, that's baggage, the kids might call it. My so, note about this scene is, what is she drinking? <laughs> I don't know. It looks like orange juice. Mac likes orange juice. Mm, it's when you some kind of cocktail. Maybe a mimosa, a screwdriver. Another thing that stuck out to me <laughs> in this fucking scene, Mac's like, oh, your whole life has been different. And Anne says she's tried to live life with and without Mac, and she prefers it with Mac. And it's like, are you kidding me? Like Her, her life, life has been threatened constantly. <laughs> Six times? Like, what was her life like before Mac that this is better? She was a minor. <laughs> <laughs> she, she was in danger of dying of black lung. Before. Yeah. I don't know. Like the dating pool in Seacouver must be like the pits. Yeah. It must be the zone. It must be the zone. Yeah. <laughs> she chooses to live life forward. So they cut to the hospital. Tesh is this. She's like, so you say they're going to offer me a new life somewhere? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> this is how Tesh talks. I need a new life somewhere. Unfortunately, Kristoff has his own plans. Mac is like saying to her, like, don't worry, I will handle Kristoff. But Kristoff's goons are handling Richie, Richie. Ryan. Yeah, Richie's going to catch a cab to the airport. And the cabbie, like, busts him in the head. Mm-hmm. And puts him in the trunk. Yep. Which I was very surprised by. It's like, how does Kristoff really know about Richie? I don't yeah. really know. But I guess he's probably been watching Mac. I guess so. But Ma- Richie hasn't really even been to the barge that much because Richie's living in a hotel. I accept it. Yeah, I accept odd. it, too. I didn't it's think about odd. it. It's just odd. Then Kristoff has a proposition that he will let Richie go if Mac kills Tasha. Yeah. Right. Or Tasha. <laughs> Yeah, dealer's choice. God damn it. <laughs> uh, classic season one phone call with bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Richie gives him some back talk and like Christoph like punches him in the face. I kinda he like this. Also, I like palm. he he paints like a dotted line on his neck. I kinda yeah. thought that visual was cool. I was like, that's kind of a fun I wish they painted. They had to, they had to bring the back that sad face better. Yeah, yeah. it's kinda like too it's really too sloppy. Too lines. Yeah. It's really sloppy. I thought he was just drawing a sad face on his neck like the guy <laughs> from the beginning. Shed neck. All right, so I want to talk about this next scene. So on the barge, after this has been hashed out with Kristoff, Mac has a plan. And so Mac is like, Tasha has to give her testimony to the police. And Anne, you need to go stay with her to make sure that happens, right? And I'm not sure really what Anne's going to do at the hospital. Like, is she just there to reconvince Tasha to give it or whatever? Like, it seems like she's alone and probably going to be in danger. And then Mac is going to try to get Kristoff to him fast enough to stop him from killing Richie. This is like a huge gamble, I think. Well, yeah. Because well, also, just... how will Christoph know that she's testifying? He must have a spy at the hospital. So it seems like no. a better plan. Well, she's probably not testifying for weeks. Where would she be testifying? There's got to be like a whole so proceeding. So it's that he needs to go kill Tesha or he'll kill Richie? 
Yeah, it's like you go kill, like go kill her. TikTok. Right. I will kill Richie. So I guess one. What's the timeline on this? Like ten minutes? Like what do you think? Max just gonna saunter over there and murder her? Like in a in five minutes? Like murdering somebody takes a little bit of time. Well, I think the the timing component that's dangerous is that. If What's-His-Face realizes that Mac is not actually going to kill Tasha, he will kill Richie. Correct. So he just has to move fast and, like, catch him unawares. Agreed. But I feel like he's got somebody stationed at the hospital to kill Tesha himself. Or to kill Anne, maybe. Right? Mm. No, because then... You don't think anybody's watching Tesha at the hospital? Unclear, but I think the whole... Then why would he... If he's got someone there already, why would he ask Mac to do it? I think just because he doesn't... It's cleaner that Mac It's not cleaner, though. I don't you're, know. You're dealing with the giant my point. X-factor. My point is, is that how how is he going to know that Tesh has been murdered or not unless someone's there to see that she's murdered or confirm it? Imagine you'll read about it if someone's murdered in a hospital. So now we've got days we're playing with. <laughs> like right. this guy get don't, murdered. I don't getting, understand the problem. I don't understand this plan. Like, <laughs> why is he sending Anne to the hospital and he's going to like ru- try to like rush Kristoff? Like, this does not seem good. Max plan is the plan you're confused about. He's just going after Kristoff and is sending her to the hospital to like, do nothing. Now yeah, Anne is not part she's, of the plot. She's not part of the plot. <laughs> you are correct. She's not there nah. to do anything important. <laughs> like, if that's the ingredient you're missing, then you've missed it. <laughs> also, Mac has, the, Mac has the buzz problem, too, which does not seem good to sneak up on Kristoff. Right. Like, he almost needs Anne to help out Maybe. so she can go in undetected. That's true. I agree that it's a bad plan. It's a bad plan, right? Okay, yeah. come on, guys. <laughs> All right, so we cut to Kristoff's studio. You should feel privileged. <laughs> you are in the presence of genius. Fucking guy. <laughs> so Bat Mac is outside, Bat Mac and people, and sneaking in. And I guess Kristoff gets the buzz and is going to kill Richie now. But Richie smartly thinks like, "Hey, if you kill me, you're going to be like knocked on your ass by the quickening, and Mac will get you easily. So you better not do this." So Kristoff is like, right. "Yeah," and he takes off. Right. He Meanwhile, Richie goon. is finally able to disentangle himself. All right. So Mac's running around in the hallway with these goons. They're shooting at him. So Richie leaves with his sword. I guess I couldn't even tell if he had a sword when he left. I thought. Christoph I thought he didn't had his sword. Yeah, I was a little Christoph confused. had his own sword. Christoph uh. did have his sword because he said, "Cutting your head off with yeah. your own sword." <sighs> what a blip 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 blip. Bleep, bleep. Richie has a sword. <laughs> okay, so then we cut outside, and somehow Richie has gotten outside mm-hmm. and is approaching the mansion from like is approaching the mansion, which is weird. So like he walked away from it. And then is walking back, mm-hmm. and then Kristoff is going to meet him. It's like, okay, don't know how space works or time. How did like Richie get out first, or who knows what? It you know, all works out. Sure, ca- okay. he catches him. The point is, Richie catches up to him, and I just wrote, "Yay, Richie's turn." Richie's gonna get a turn. That's right. Meanwhile, Bat Mac is Bat Macking goons continually. Yeah, and Richie, I guess Kristoff calls him boy, and Richie's like, "The only thing I hate more than being called boy." Is your art. Yeah. <laughs> this is pretty good. So Richie and Kristoff have their own battle while right. Mac is bat macking. Right. And Mac gets one of these guys to Uzi his friend. Yeah. yeah. Which is intense. But so what do we think of this fight that's going on? It's, it's okay. Fine. When was the last time we actually got to see Richie do a sword fight? Forever Ooh, ago. I guess since Color of Authority. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So like he actually seems to know what he's doing now. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, totally he's, holding his own. Yeah. And it's like fun. They've got like similar swords that they're using as well. So it's like very fast and light and yeah. style. <laughs> it's it's something. 
Yeah, it is something. I have a note. You guys are going to shit on me because I like these weird camera moves and shit sometimes <laughs> in this show. I like the way all the stuff inside is shot, even though I don't really like all the sneaking around nonsense. Mm. I think it gives a good sense of space. Weren't you just complaining that you don't know how space or time works? Well, I don't know how Richie got out where he is. But <laughs> where Mac is sneaking around relative to the goons, I think was shot really well. Like, a lot of times the show, like, because they're shooting, like, you know, it's quick. And, like, they just got to put a camera in a corner. There's some action. Then we just kind of changed the angle. Now we're in some other room, maybe. This, like, sets it up. Like, I know where everybody is. Like, I can follow people down the hall. Like, I felt like there was a good sense of geography in this mansion as Mac made his way to different goons and moved around. Like, every shot let me know where I was going and where I was coming from. A plus, Dennis A plus. That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) A plus. Then there's lightnings and thunderings. Right? Another mystery quickening. Yeah, which also, like, there's this, like, kind of tense moment where, like, Richie's kind of down, and Christoph's got his, like, sword up, mm-hmm. and Richie's got his sword above his head as though he's, like, bracing for, like, a downward stroke, and then we cut outside. I kind of wish we got to see more of this fight, frankly. Me but. too. Yeah. But there's, like, an element of suspense. Mm-hmm. Yes. That I guess they were playing up, because we and don't know who did it or didn't do it. Right. It was Christoph. Christoph <laughs> wins. Yeah, Christoph uh, wins. Mm-hmm. Richie's dead. I like the quickening. Do you see it's like in Mac's eyes? Oh, yeah. Like when the quickening happens, like there's like lightning bolts in Mac's eyes. I thought that was kind of cool. Also, shades of all of Richie Ryan's quickenings involve paint. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Suck it, paintings. (laughs) I wish like a big quickening lightning bolt went through all the paintings and burnt them. (laughs) They burned me and my paintings. (laughs) So Mac goes to the door and Richie. You know, there's like a bunch of fog, and Richie emerges victorious from the fog. Uh, we got you guys. Yeah. Richie won. This scene is so weird. There's no dialogue here, which I think is like, it's just kind of weird. It's like they silent, like and then at, they walk away. at each other. In the script, there's dialogue, which I think is kind of funny. Richie comes up, there's like a beat, and Richie's like, I won. <laughs> and Max's like, I know. <laughs> and then they walk away. It's like, why did they leave that in? That's pretty good. Dun, 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 dun. The Friends Forever music. Oh, oh yeah. that's right. Uh, so the denouement of this episode, we're at the airport, and, and yeah, and what does Richie... Kyle? What does Richie say, Kyle? <laughs> I'd kiss you, but people might talk. Yeah, gay jokes. Gay <laughs> jokes. <laughs> they burned me. Then he kisses Anne like all creepily. He kisses her on the mouth with tongue. I'm yeah. just kidding. <laughs> you no, know he doesn't. He puts his tongue in her ear. Nibbles. So on Mac it a is like, bit. everything's going to be different now. Like, can you live with that? And Anne is like maybe i'd like to try and it's like a scene ago Anne is like I, i'm all in i'm fucking in like what well, she wasn't like i'm fucking in she's like i get to make my own choices right sure but it, it seemed like kept... her choice was i'm all in no i don't know about that but oh, okay. she's like don't tell me what to do mac you controlling older man yeah so then uh Anne gets in the car and richie gets on a shuttle to the airport and we're done we're done we're done here biggity bop all right what do we think of this this is another blah epi like a bleh or like bleh. Like bleh. bleh. It's a real Dracula kind of episode. Nikki Ward was pulling the strings behind <laughs> the scenes of this episode. Pull the strings. Pull <laughs> the strings. I'm glad we're getting Ed Wood references yep. in this. I don't know. I just It's fine. I wouldn't say this is a bad one. I, but it's just like not I think this is good. I have a couple things. So uh, in the behind the scenes features on the DVD, David Tynan writes about like, hey, like we wanted to switch things up in this episode. So we figured like, let's have Richie fight at the end. I like that. Well, I like that I, too. I like that like halfway. 
but what this feels like is this script was written with Richie not fighting at the end. And then they were like, hey, let's switch things up and have Richie fight. Because Richie... The rest of the script doesn't seem to, like... Right. Because Richie's in driving the action. This. Yeah, nothing's... Yeah. Ha- it's Richie's, like Richie's just doing it now. thematically tied to this yeah. plot. Which is, I think, a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't understand it, frankly. But I do like that they finally let Richie do stuff right before they kick him the fuck off the show for a while. Yeah. yeah. I Yeah, Richie needs to be central to the plot. I think it would make more sense for him to get caught up with Tasha, Tasha, mm-hmm. because then like Richie Ryan can bring this trouble back into Mac's life. And Tasha is Richie's type. A woman in distress. Right. Yeah. And then Mac can feel like he needs to protect Anne. Oh, so at the end of the episode, like maybe Anne should be the one to get kidnapped. Mac is in the mansion fighting goons for no reason. Like right. Richie's already escaped. Like the action isn't even there anymore. Like Mac is like kind of wandering around punching people for fun. My thought is this. Because at some point, they do have the express conversation that Max just like, I can't make this trade for Richie. Like, it'll just have to work out. And that's like why the plan is shitty. But it's also like, Mac is resigned to the fact that it's shitty. He's like, look, I'm not going to do what he wants me to do. So, yeah. So I think it would have been more interesting if there was something to do, something that could be meaningfully accomplished at the hospital. Like, maybe Max says, like, I'm going to stall for time. I'm going to go get Tasha. That's what he's thinking. It's like, I'm going to get her so that Kristoff thinks I'm going through with it or something. And I have to hope that Richie figures a way out of this. Like, that's what he's doing. He's like trying to buy time for Richie to extricate himself. And then Richie extricates himself. Right. I think that would have been more compelling. Hmm. And would have there would have been like a better trajectory there. Interesting. Eamon, you seem to think the same thing I did. Like that Anne was like all in and then suddenly not in at the end of the episode. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I again I feel like if maybe Anne was the person in danger or like she has never really witnessed this immortal game yet. I feel like that would have been a nice moment, like to justify but, that but turn she at the has, end. Though. Can he tried to sweat her over the car no. and all this I guess other she just stuff. didn't know what it was. Yeah. Right. But she's this maybe. thing has actually the whole thing with what's his face in Shadows. Right. Shadows. What's that guy's name? Gar- Garrick? Garrick. Yeah, Garrick. Yeah. 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 That whole thing. Like right. no, that's she true. was in danger because of that. And yeah. In that episode where she almost got her head blown off. <laughs> <laughs> That's vendetta. Yeah. yeah. But I was just thinking, like, if she seemed all on board, like, to see Mac cut somebody's head off, then yeah. do, at the end of the episode be like, yeah, maybe. Like, this is not, you know, like, even being in danger does not, like, compare to seeing someone beheaded behead someone else. Your hero. <laughs> I almost feel like Anne doesn't need to be in this episode. Just in I just some feel ways. like Anne doesn't need to be with Mac. Yeah, so or that. that's just yeah. how I feel. That's just what my I, heart of hearts I is telling me. I still like Anne, though. I like Anne too, but like I don't get. She doesn't need this shit. People don't like Anne. We've talked about this before, but mm-hmm. it's it's baffling to me how yeah. much people don't like her. She commits the arch sin of not being Tessa. So. Right? Yeah. yeah. No, she does nothing wrong. I mean, the most Anne is doing now wrong is making poor decisions. I think, like, yeah, by sticking around with yeah. <laughs> And yeah. saying, like, that these are the best, like, life with you or without, like, it's better with you. It's like, that doesn't seem to add up at all. Like, yeah. Well, she untrue. gets to meet cool people like Richie. That is That's true. true. He's a famous motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, have you heard? <laughs> she should get an autograph before he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do wish that voiceover editing thing came back at the end. What? 
the voiceover thing that we debated in the beginning that I liked. Oh. I, I think, I, but it know, seemed like that was the perfect like editing to go over, like when Richie's walking away, yeah. and like it's like maybe have Mac and Anne talk about like, hey, is this going to be the same or different? Like, I'll try to be with you. It's like all that stuff should have been kind of voiceover montage. I mean, as I much think. as I ragged on it, I actually do think I would have liked the whole thing more if it had come back because like then it would have been like, oh, this is like a stylistic choice. Other like the than staircase this, shot. This is a lukewarm episode for me. It's a miss. With some good components. Do we think hearing Kristoff's Watcher Chronicle will really brighten this up? Uh, Probably. How many times will we use the word Cossack? 42 billion. (laughs) Cossack, Cossack, Cossack. Ah! Is that that a Cossack Kathy cartoon? Kathy started out as a Cossack, Cossack, like, rug pattern. (laughs) Cossack, Cossack, Cossack. Ah! I love chocolate. (laughs) All right, guys. Ivan Kristoff. Kristoff. He was born in 1579 Ooh. in Kovetcherskoe, Russia. Let's just say Russia. First death. <laughs> so not his first not death. Not his first death. Uh, first death was in 1612 as mercenary putting down a peasant uprising. Hmm. So this so guy's always been a piece of this, shit. This, is, this yeah. is his bread and butter killing yeah. peasants. His first teacher was Stenka Bulavin. <laughs> really stanking up the joint. <laughs> yeah, I sweetened my uh, coffee with Stenka. Stenka. <laughs> uh, his original cultural affiliation is... Original what now? Co- co- yeah, I mumbled now. <laughs> cultural affiliation is... Cossack. Cossack. Oh, really? Recent, is it? Is yeah. it Cossack? Is it? Is oh, it? boy. Recent base of operations, Paris, France. Wee oui, wee. Oui. His occupation is Russian mob, no. which is not an occupation. It's mobster, right? Yeah. Just want to point that out. <laughs> Slash amateur painter. So even his watcher watcher thinks he's a fucking amateur. I would like to think the other drug dealers, he's like, what do you think of painting? Oh, yeah, it's really good, Kristoff. It's, it's good stuff there. And I was like, yeah, it's kind of pedestrian. Are you just saying that, or is it because I provide you with heroin? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's the heroin. Yeah. So here is his watcher chronicle. Many immortals, as centuries pass, lose their cultural identity and begin to assimilate into the modern world. Not Kristoff. Once a Cossack... Always a Cossack. Uh, that's what, <laughs> this three? is false because he's definitely accommodated modern painting. Yeah. <laughs> it was only the borders and the employers who changed. Christoph lived for the adrenaline of battle, the clash of steel, the feel of a charging horse. In service to the czars and in revolt against them, he had all he wanted. Uh, and always in the name of Mother Russia. In the brave new world of post communist Russian, that's a typo. <laughs> Russia, however, this course was not so clear. For once, real power was not with the rulers, but with the capitalists, especially those in the shadows who dealt with drugs and currency and other commodities best left in the dark. The Cossack became a hetman of a drug empire he forged Say, with the... Hitman? Hetman, it says. H-E-T-M-A-N. Hetman. What the fuck is that? Russian for hitman? I don't know. Het cats. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, he became a hetman of the drug empire he forged with the same ruthless fanaticism he'd once cut down Polish peasants. Perhaps the final irony is Kristoff was taken by someone whose own cultural identity only dates back to the Brady Bunch. (laughs) (laughs) I like that line. Apparently a hetman is a political title from Central and Eastern Europe historically assigned to military commanders. Interesting. There we go. You learn something new every day on that Highlander Rewatch podcast. Fact. Do you guys want to play a game? Let's play a game. Game time. So we're going to play a little game called Watcher Tube. You guys know about YouTube? I've heard of it. Your own personal tube? Oh, really? My tube? 
Your tube. How's that like my space? And your like tube. Like an inner tube? Yeah. Tom's your friend on both platforms. <laughs> what? <laughs> you remember Tom. Oh, yeah, Tom. From MySpace. He was everybody's Your very first friend. friend. So I'm going to... Wonder what to, became of Tom. I'm going to read you both clues. These are YouTube comments on Highlander episodes, and you're going to have to guess the episode from these clues I read you. There are going to be three rounds. Are you guys ready? I'm ready. Let's... Do it. I keep all wanting right. to do this accent as well. I know. Like, it's like, it's like a, we all, I feel like we all we, should be doing we, this in chorus. We're tripping doing you up. <laughs> yeah, let's all do this now. All right. We're all going to do it. We're, all right. Welcome to Watch Your Tube. Watch Your Tube. Round the first. Who diggy? Who diggy? <laughs> That's the first clue. No. <laughs> yeah, the writers for this show were kind of small minded. They could have done so much more with this series. Not every episode had to be about another immortal. Any thoughts? The Zone. No. Keith, care for a guess? Testimony. Nope. I always fast forward the quickenings. The irony of that just caught me. What? Who does oh, that? Oh, because the word quick. The uh, word quick is in there. The word quick is in there. Like lightning, like a jackrabbit. Yeah. Jackrabbit slams. I'm going to say Unholy Alliance Part 1. Good guess, but incorrect. I'll Keith. guess a long one. What's a good, long quickening <laughs> that drips... Down like molasses. A nice old-fashioned quickening. I'll say turnabout. Nope. Oh, but good guess. I almost went for turnabout. You didn't. I know. Who's talking to me right now? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know who I am anymore. Who's talking right now? <laughs> I don't know. God damn it. Clue the third. That Mexican gal played the gypsy gal the in Revolutionary. episode. Yes. Ah, yeehaw. <laughs> that is one point for Kyle. <laughs> one point for Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> And I just want to read the last clue. Please do. Why the hell does Charlie have a samurai sword in his bag at the end? What the hell is he going to do with that? And how is he going to get that past airport security? <laughs> Great questions. All. Those are all very good questions. That is a good question. I don't think we mentioned that. I think we wondered why he was bringing a sword. But I don't think we yeah. ever considered that he was not going to be bringing that sword because they were going to confiscate it. Or that what's like, what's he going to use it for in a war zone? Yeah. <laughs> Punisher war zone. Ooh. <laughs> so Kyle is in the lead with one point. Keith? Kudos to you, sir. You have zero points. Perhaps I'll turn it around in the next round. Turn it around in the next round. Those boys are up to it again. <laughs> think Those about my boys. <laughs> Clue the first. The look on McClode's face <laughs> of relief when Richie walks through that door. Richie is just smiling. Testimony. Good scene. That's correct. Ayo. Uh, good call. <laughs> Let's see here. All right. I'm just going to read the last one. This is going to be not a good one. I just want to remind everybody, I didn't write this. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Somebody God, on YouTube it. wrote this. Hang on to your butts, y'all. Lisa Howard is a hot woman. Uh -oh. Such perfect tits. Oh, Keith, did you write this? Oh, I think no. Keith might have. Oh him. no, that's insane. Keith, you wrote this. Yeah. You were talking about her tits like <laughs> a half hour ago. And Kyle, you might appreciate this clue. Take a shot of alcohol of your own choice every time they say Cossack in this episode. <laughs> yes, that'll uh, get you alcohol poisoning right quick. And this one just confused me. I've been watching this for so long, it makes me think, what if all the people were all immortals? What? what? <laughs> like if every single person? I, that doesn't make any sense. Nope. What, what's their point? Y'all guys ready for the final round? You're tied up. Let's do it. One to one. This is for all the marbles. I want the sword for my Tai Chi practice. The kid trying to bullshit Duncan. I don't think so. The don't lamb. mess with the Celts. No. Revenge of the sword. No. 
Clue the second. What's with the gay neck ripping which he is always wearing? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh boy. I'm gonna guess Starcrust. Nope. Mythos. Nope. Question the third. Take back the night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I got the fuck. <laughs> they killed the pregnant chick? That's messed up. <laughs> And then the final clue was, Madrid is ten times better than Paris. <laughs> Cal, really you're good. the winner. You that... win a new pair of boots with a rattlesnake in it. <laughs> There's a snake in my There's boot. There's a snake in my boot. Why did we do this? I don't know. <laughs> Hard reset, guys. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to have a little fun. Sometimes it feels good to be someone else. That's right. Because sometimes the person in the mirror don't look so good looking back. That's right. What's that from? <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Keith's fever dream? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Y'all just hate who you are sometimes on the inside and want to be someone else? That's right. From a different geographic part of America? <laughs> <laughs> geographic part. I do. End scene. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. guys. Well, what an episode. What a victory. Any final thoughts on this? Tremendous victory. One of the biggest victories of all time. Mm -hmm. Biggest victory in Rewatcher history. Just tremendous, tremendous victory. Fake news. Yeah, this was another kind of problematic episode. I don't know. Not even like problematic in an interesting way. Just kind of like, meh. Just fell flat. And Kristoff is like kind of cool. Is he? Mm. He could have been cool, I think. The spitting. The, the, this That's episode the best a, part of this episode. <laughs> that is this episode in a nutshell. Him hocking a loogie in the picture. <laughs> yeah. On Tasha's picture. He yeah. has like some bones of being like a good villain. Like you brought up, Eamon, maybe that he's like a little bit like Xavier or whatever. Like he kind of does have that quality to him. Like he seems like he'd be a suave guy. Like he seems like a rich you know, socialite sort of dude. That with great heroin. Yeah, with great... But I don't know. It's, there's the something about heroin. him that seems like could be kind of threatening and weird. And Yeah. The art thing is kind of cool and quirky, but, like, I don't know. None it's of a, it... There's a lot of style, not a lot of substance. Yeah. Here. Or if they could have played up one of those aspects, like, play up the art aspect, maybe. Maybe right. that's part of his, like, character and villainy or something yeah i didn't feel like he's just like what artist. what was the point of him being an artist like i didn't think i think that he just was like to paint on people in yeah. a threatening way i think like i wanted him to be like for... a creative guy like or yeah. i don't know something about like or that like murder like the joker in 1989 batman like i murder people and the murder is the, the art. art like yeah. yeah like i deform people and yeah. that's art like that's kind of cool well i think it was really all in service of that part where he draws a dotted line on richie's neck i think honestly that's what it all was in service for mm-hmm. yeah but i mean there was some cool style. dotted line so keith how many burst heroin balloons would you give this episode <laughs> i'll give this two two burst hel- he- heroin yeah heroin 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 kitty um heroin balloons yeah it's not uh, actually a cat she's a girl with a cat wait what I'm pretty sure Hello Kitty is not actually a kitty. She is a girl in Japan with a cat. What? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. No, she's a cat. No, she has a cat. No, she is a Guys, cat. I'm pretty fighting. sure she's a girl. We'll table this. Readers, stop tell us about Hello Kitty. Anyway. Two balloons popped in her butt. Yeah, just kind of like I wanted this episode to be maybe all emotion with Anne. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I think that was maybe a big part of it. It's like there's this kind of other plot going on. It's like there's... A lot of mechanics involved in, like, who's going to testify? We got, like, there's, like, this crazy scheme at the end. Like, Richie's captured and this person's in danger. Like, we got to figure out how to save them all. Like, that's all, like, mechanical stuff in a plot. But then there's this other thing that's just pure emotion with Anne. 
And I think I'd rather just be about that. Makes sense. Or just about the other. And like, this is not a plot with Anne to be in it. Yeah. Also, that was probably what happened maybe about this episode. Like, this could have been a story idea, testimony. And then they were like, well, we need to bring Anne back and do that. And so it's like they maybe grafted this story on top of another plot. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Because they don't really relate that well. No. Yeah. Eamon, how many unnecessary uses of the word Cossack would you give this episode? (laughs) I'm torn between one and a half and two in that range. Because I really didn't like this. But I didn't hate it. I don't know if it's consistent with my other ratings. But especially considering how many good episodes we'd had recently. I'm just kind of like, this one, it's just like, eh. The Richie part was cool. I want more Richie, man. Yeah. Like, Richie is a cool character. Like, he's getting better. Like, I think this race car, race car, race car Richie, this racing Richie is a good version of the character, finally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, also, the other thing, the thing that makes Richie an exciting character is he's the only character in this fucking show who grows or changes. That's Mm -hmm. true. Mac is very constant. Like, we get to see Mac in the past learning lessons, but present Mac is fairly stoic and unchanged. Like, Richie is a character who's developing and learning and becoming more seasoned, and we get to participate in that. Mac is, you know, he's steady, and he maybe needs to be for the mechanics of the show to work, but I don't know. Richie's exciting to see do things. Yeah, and yeah, now we're finally getting, like, an independent Richie. I mean, it's nice that his plot has just been his own plot. Like, it hasn't involved Mac at all, which is cool. Granted, this plot didn't really pay off that Well, the payoff is actually good. Setup is maybe a little, like, long. (laughs) More Richie. Morici. Don't do Richie, man. <laughs> Don't do Richie. Vini, Vini, Richie. Oh, that's good. <laughs> wow. All right. Came, I saw I Richie'd. That's <laughs> what an exciting end to this episode. What about Kyle's rating? Oh, Kyle. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, how many, um, shitty Jackson Pollock ripoff paintings would I give this? Sure. Uh, I give this two. I ultimately give it the same one as Take Back the Night. There's something jury rigged about them. There's just like a, there's good bits in both of them that are very strong, but just like the core is rotten. Like, you know what I mean? Like the the entire thing feels stitched together. They're both these kind of Frankenstein kind of episodes that don't really know what they are. And some things deliver and other things fall flat, but there's no real unification between them. So ultimately, I got to give it two shitty, shitty paintings. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. If you have an opinion about the episode testimony, write Which us. Which we sure did. Yeah. Uh, write us at HighlanderRewatched at gmail.com and tell us what you think of testimony. And tell us what you think of Anne. Anybody out there still think Anne's wrong? Anybody out there still think Anne is a great catch and a great lady and doesn't deserve all this flack? Write us. Tell us what, what do you think. What do you think, think Keith? Think mm, <laughs> <I didn't>, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, that was a push-pull, people. Yeah. Um, Talk to Anne Lindsay. Very good. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. On our next episode review, we will be covering the episode Mortal Sins, which is a classic. Can't wait to get to that one. I've been one of your rewatchers. I'm Keith. This is Kyle. This is Eamon. Bye-bye. <laughs> Wasn't he in uh, Adam Stanley? Christina Ricci Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> oh mm-hmm. boy. Yep. Beep boop. <laughs>